3: believe it or not it's time to talk about car repair and you're more than welcome to join us anytime you want and that is now 602 508 0960 602 508 0960 and if you give us a call there's two of us here to help you out we'll do the very best we can and give you all the information we can give you and part of what we do is, is we talk about tell us about the year making model and let's talk about the symptoms the word Google should not appear in our conversation, <laughs> and and that's because we get to be the Google. We're going to be the ones that are actually get to talk about the Google stuff. So, but what we have to the table, what we bring to the table, is quite different than what they do. Because Billy, you have how many years of experience with greasy fingernails?
4: Oh, forty-five, maybe. I lost okay, track.
3: and 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 I'm slightly more than that. So the idea is is that we've been around, and I think we both broke our. Uh, we, we we both started with the 50s cars and 60s cars.
4: Well, I graduated high school in 76, so maybe okay. 60s cars.
3: Okay, 60s cars. Yeah. We still worked on the 50s cuz they were still around. It wasn't the predominant car on on the market, but it, when we for when I started in 1968, we weren't working on 68 cars. Right? You know, cuz they were new. Yeah. And so
4: My first job out of trade school was at a Lincoln Mercury dealer. Okay. So I was doing brand new lincolns and mercuries so i, I didn't see the 50s and, and yeah. i can see so that I, I saw the 70s and 80s you
3: No, know, i was pumping gas and the big joke was is where is the uh where do you put gas in a 57 chevy do you Behind remember the that left taillight. light ah, that's pretty good i
4: remember
2: that.
3: that's pretty well, good that's a car guy and and then there's other cars and that i did had pump gas
4: <laughs>
3: there were other guys there or other cars there that had hidden ones do you remember any of those the fifty-seven was obviously the one that's ever,
4: probably the coolest.
3: Yes, yes.
4: Um, uh, one in one of my own cars, um, there's uh in the tail panel of my sixty-one Galaxy uh-huh. is a little flip-down door, uh, that where the fuel is. It's not as hidden as some cars. Like I've had cars that was hidden behind the license plate. Yes, it was a little spring, and it would not as cool as a taillight, though. No, no, you're right. Chevy right. gets it.
5: So
3: you've got almost 100 years of experience sitting here between the two of us. Bill owns 25th Street Auto. He's at Indian School and 25th Street. He's been on our list of best car repair shops for years and years and years and years and years, long before either one of us, our hair turned silver. (laughs) And when did you start dyeing your hair silver?
4: No, I just started shaving it off so you can't tell it's white.
3: Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. I understand. Nevertheless, there's a lot of other guys on our, so to speak, group and one of them is Kurt's Auto Repair up at I-17 and Bell Road. Kurt's been around a very long time. He is real honest. He's dependable, and he's not one of those spring chickens. He's like Bill and I. We've been around a long time, and we started in the cars with points and condensers, and we've trans. We go from points to condensers to electronic ignition, then we went to carburetors with electronic controls, and then to fuel injection, and then we got eight-speed, seven, eight, nine, ten-speed transmissions, and now we have cars that are so smart that uh, that we have a tough time matching wits with them, (laughs) and uh, and so. But it's it's important to know that it's just really a matter of of voltage. 1 means something and 5 means something and everything in between means something. And as long as we can interpret that number, we're fine.
4: Yep. T- turn it down to the lowest common denominator. That is right.
3: Yeah. It's just a it, we're, the voltage it's a voltage language we live in. Yep. It's a voltage language, so numbers tell us everything. Everything. There was a uh, um a- an issue not too long ago with a uh, a car that had a uh, catalytic converter and after three catalytic converters, the problem still wasn't solved. So according to the shop that ultimately fixed it, it had, it was a Ford, it had a PCV valve hose with a split in it, it was running lean, and it had codes, a cat code. Well,
4: and garbage in, garbage out.
3: That, but my, I guess my point is, is the, it's the Google mentality If it has a CAT code, let's replace the CAT. Let's replace the CAT. So here's my next question. 25th Street Auto, when you have a CAT code, an O2 sensor code on the CAT, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: how many times is it the CAT, and how many times is it something else, approximately?
4: Uh, Some people misunderstand an upstream sensor from a catalyst monitor sensor okay um but usually if we get a code that is a catalyst monitor sensor we tell people we're not going to sell you an expensive catalyst because we're going to do some tests but i would say more often than not it is the catalytic converter okay although you know on the upstream downstream uh, 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 based based on on a downstream sensor thing based on an upstream sensor i'd never even put a catalytic converter on my list of suspects okay okay now there's i'm looking up further than the upstream sensor but like that vacuum hose no you're right (laughs)
3: you're you're absolutely right they're going to have a tough time with the upstream and downstream and we're talking about there's a sensor where the exhaust comes into the catalytic converter and so that sensor really gives us a a quick picture of what's coming out of the engine. Mm-hmm. Then on the back side of the catalytic converter, and the catalytic converter is a giant grill. Okay, that's what it is. It's just the same thing that you grill your steaks on. It's just this big can with a big fire inside of it, <laughs> and as the gasoline comes out of the engine, it isn't burned, it's burned in the catalytic converter, so there's a sensor on the front end and on the back end. And so Bill's talking about the front-end sensor. Um, it, 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 it's not going to be a cat because we're seeing what's coming into the cat. Something's wrong in front of the cat, which is the engine compartment. On the back side of the catalytic converter, we expect to see a number that says to us, "I have consumed all the hydrocarbons yes. that they came into my mouth." But that sensor can tell us and I agree. Then the back back end, the outflow, the exit of the catalytic converter almost almost always means there's a problem with the cat. But it could also be it's being flooded on the front
4: side. Right. And and that comes down to the, the if this was a thirty dollar part to replace, we'd just go ahead and replace it based on that by that based on that code. Mm-hmm. But since it's an expensive thing, it's kinda like my car won't start, it must need a starter. Mm-hmm. No, let's make sure, we before we spend hundreds of dollars on a starter, that it's not a loose battery cable. So uh, very similar with the converter. Perfect.
3: Perfect analogy. It's exactly what our lives are all about. Yeah. I've put three alternators on it, and it still won't charge. Well, why don't we take that shoestring belt off and put a real belt on it? You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I
4: have chest pain. It must be time for a heart transplant. Yes.
3: You know? we're, we're jumping a, a big way. <laughs> and,
4: and, and, and
3: it's okay, because there's lots of people that like to work on their own cars. The problem with working on their own cars is, is when you come in and tell us to replace the catalytic converter, we're not going to pay for your mistake. So when you bring it in and you we put a twelve hundred dollar cat on it, an eight hundred dollar cat on it, a four thousand dollar cat on it, and it still it still has the same code when it's done, it's not our problem. But if you would just simply share the story with our our group, share the story with your garage, more than likely they're going to say. It's going to cost you 100 to $200 to diagnose this, and then we'll be able to tell you exactly what the problem is. And most of us are going to a range now just because people want a, a number, and we can't give you a number, on how long it's going to take us to dig this ditch. How long is it going to take us to find the hole in the tire? How long is it going to take us blah, blah, blah?
4: There's an urban myth that there's a black box you punch into a, plug into a car, and it tells you what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm but un- unfortunately that's not the case there are devices that plug in and you get codes but the codes unless you're trying to sell parts at the parts store the codes don't mean replace parts the codes tell us what page in the auto repair manual to open up and begin checking things so that we can come to a real conclusion it it tells us that this sensor sees
3: a problem but mm-hmm. we don't know what the problem why? is yep the sensor is saying the sensor is screaming lean 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 but we don't know why not too long ago. It's it's a great example. How many times have you fixed a lean code that comes in with all kinds of new mass airflow sensors and everything that has to do with (laughs) a a lean code? Right. And and in this particular case, the fuel filter is like 99% plugged.
4: Yeah. uh, We call it lean Uh um, because we understand the low voltage, high voltage thing. But what it really is saying is too much oxygen in the exhaust. Right. Okay. Why? Is there oxygen leaking into the exhaust? Is Mm. there not enough fuel because the fuel filter's plugged? You know, there's just so many causes, and that's what we're there for. We're there to find which of them as diagnosticians. I I remember
3: distinctly one guy saying to me, just button my car up. I'm going to pick it up. And I said, okay, and that was exactly the conversation. "Um, We have a lean code, and the fuel filter's plugged up. Uh, Yeah, well, okay, that's, you know, unfortunately, that just flies in the face. And I'm paraphrasing that flies in the face of what the pot sh- the guy at the parts store says and, and stuff right. like that and and okay fine then that's fine yeah. um, certainly you should go back and he's going to sell you all the injectors and the mass airflow sensor <laughs> and the bellows that goes between the mass airflow sensor and the mouth of the engine and he's going to have you replace the intake manifold and the pcv valve and, and everything else that can possibly leak oh and don't forget the fuel pressure regulator cuz there is a vacuum line there too yep. so and let's get that yep. yeah l- all the sensors let's do all the sensors and then when you come back the fuel filter installs 88 bucks so give me a call. (laughs) And, but you're still going to pay the diagnostic because it took us a while to figure out that fuel flow was substantial and, and, and that had to be driven. So we have to plug in information, but the black box is, has to be interpreted. So it's not something that the black box goes, Oh, Mark, the fuel filters plugged. That's not the case. I'm looking at the numbers and the numbers are telling me that I've got some, some really low numbers that I want to be higher. So on a 1 to 10 scale, I want to see a 5. I want to see a 4, 5, or Mm 6, but I'm seeing 1 and 2. But I put some duct tape across the air inlet of the air filter, or I tape off half the air filter, and then
4: all of a sudden I see different numbers. (laughs) Well, well, the (laughs) sensors are capable of sensing changes then. Yes. You know, that sounds silly, but...
3: It it's valid. It's a six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Bill from Twenty Fifth Street Auto and a good friend of mine for years and years and years, and one of the guys that are on our list, along with lots of other shops. Nevertheless, we talked about Kurt's Auto at I seventeen and bell down the road from him. And Kurt and Tom are really really good friends, and that just inspires the heck out of me that we have mm-hmm. two shops a mile apart from one another that just. They socialize together. They're friends. They trade customers. Um, if can I get a fresh pair of eyes? Yep. Would, can I bring you a car because we are just at a standstill on this car? We need a fresh pair of eyes. So actions at I 17 in Deer Valley. Tom, I've known him since 1983, and uh, he has ASE certified technicians, and they get the job done right. And Tom is a really good owner, and they understand, and they, as the staff, understands that Tom is not interested in shenanigans. Just get it in. Talk to the customer, diagnose it, bid it correctly, and make sure it leaves repaired and a couple of bucks less than the estimate you gave them. So that's important. Six zero two We'll be right back.
0: Dr. Sebastian Gorka explains the plan. They say they care. They say, me too, the women, the children, we are the party of caring for the small guy.
6: No, they're not. They couldn't care less because they think that's how they're going to stay in power. Illegal aliens... Amnesty and become Democrat voters. America First with Dr.
0: Sebastian Gorka. Weekdays at noon, right before the Seth Liebson Show at 3 on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot.
7: Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm made the Rest Assured promise, featuring the best
1: mattresses from America's best brands. For a limited time, save $500 on Temper breeze mattresses and sleep eight degrees cooler. Plus, get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Our sleep experts have over 200 hours of training, so you can rest assured we'll find the right bed for you. Only at Mattress Firm, America's number one Tempur-Pedic retailer. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com.
0: Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app, your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24 7. You have questions. Let us be the answer. 960 The Patriot.
5: Well, it's 19 minutes after the
3: hour, 10 o'clock. Mark Salem and Bill from 25th Street Autos is sitting here next to me, and we're at your service, and we're going to take Carol first, because ladies are first. And, Carol, how can we help you this morning?
5: Well, I sure hope you can help me, because everyone is stumped on the question on my car. I have a 2006 Cadillac, um, STS V6, and it has intermittent... Electrical problems, such as sometimes it will not even unlock the door and let me in. I have to get my fob out and unlock it, get in the car. Um, when I go to hit the start button, it will not start. If I keep pushing the button, um, it eventually does start, but it takes several attempts. Sometimes it will say nothing sometimes it says no fob detected and one um, mechanic did say that his reading was a lost connection
3: okay so. <laughs> okay one of the most important part of this wherever you decide to take it is is you need to take it there and show them what you're talking about show them exactly and i'll tell you i'll give you a good example and then billy's going to follow me up when you get into the car i want to know when we push the button to start the car i want to know if the dash lights up or not and it does if not oh. okay all right and that's imp- that's really important and i and i also want to when i walk when you walk up to the car after you gain access to the car i want you to do nothing more than just turn on the headlights and see if they shine and they probably shine at the, the the wall in front of your car or in your garage or whatever. So yeah. th- it it no one's going to be able to fix this without your help. And oh. your help is 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 to demonstrate the problem, even if you have to park it at somebody's shop, and then the next morning you say, okay, I'm going to walk up to the car, and I'm going to push this button, and I'm going to have to do it two or three times or whatever your story is. But, Billy, have you ever seen
4: anything like that? The first thing that came to mind is all of these functions are requiring... a proximity device, this uh, little remote thing. And, yes. it, and my first question was, how long has it been since you put a new battery in that remote? Bingo. Second thing was, have you tried using your spare key remote key, and do the symptoms stay the same?
3: And that that's the most important part of this equation right off the bat is, is you have to answer those two questions.
5: Okay. I've had the fob. Uh, I've changed the battery three times. Okay. And recently... And, yes, I have tried my other fob as well.
3: And the problem and, is there with both of them no matter what, and nothing changes. It's identical. Both of them create these same identical problems. Right. Okay. Okay.
5: And um, it's been in a, in a shop for a couple of days and has never done it to them in the shop.
3: Okay. Well, um, I'll give you uh, something that, that um, will help you. Um, okay. I want you to park every time you park the car. I want you to park it up against something that you can shine the headlights on.
5: Okay.
3: Okay. So when you go to the g- grocery store, then pull up uh, behind a big truck that the headlights will shine, or or pull up to a a parking spot that has something in front of it that you can see the headlights. So the question is: is are the head? Do the headlights come on white and bright when it what doesn't start? Otherwise, when you try to start it, no noise. Nothing happens.
5: I have not noticed the, if the lights come on or not, but yeah, there's no nothing. It is dead okay. silence when I try to start it.
3: Okay, well, I, Billy, I have on uh, the sh- uh, on the web. I have a FAQ twenty eight that talks to you about the headlights. For instance, the headlights are non-existent and no noise with the key. Then intermittently, the headlights are on and everything's okay. Okay, you just smiled. Why did you smile?
4: Well. Mark, what Mark's describing to you is rather than you leave the car at a shop for several weeks and pay a technician all day, every day to find this problem, he's helping you save money. So because you are going to narrow the list of potential causes. So he's telling you, since it doesn't happen every day, go ahead and use your car, take it to the store. When it happens, if the headlights also don't work, it's what we're going to call a supply voltage problem. Or a ground Or or ground. But that's what's required to supply the car with voltage is power and ground connections at the battery. So, you know, is is it a supply problem or is it a communication problem? We don't really know that, but it was a good suspect thing for one of your technicians to say, it sounds like the remote should work. You've got two different ones of them, but... Nothing happens when you push push the button. However, let's not make it too complicated and say, oh, I have to rip the network out of your car oh. when it could be a loose battery terminal, which happens a lot in GMs.
3: On either end, the other, n- not the other day, I always say the other day, <laughs> a, a year ago, a car came in, and somebody had reloc- they had done intake work on it, and they had moved the ground from a motor mount bolt to the back of the intake, and and it and the, the bolt was in thread cedar so you could take an ohm meter and you could find a huge resistance, resistance. value right there yeah. so so if you would go to marksalem.com do you have access to the internet yeah okay marksalem.com mark mm-hmm. with a k salem like the cigarette and then go to faqs and i want you to print out faq28 and what that does is it asks you to turn on the headlights before you do anything and then tell us what the headlights are
4: doing when it starts and when it doesn't start. (laughs) And And create that log for your technician to go from there because the more information you can get them, if you can learn some of the steps, some of the symptoms, uh, some of the key Mm -hmm. voltage information, it's Mm -hmm. saving you money when you're paying the technician to take over from there. And not only that, I remember
3: one lady, and Carol, I have a sister named Carol, and who I love dearly, and and I remember that Carol at one time had a blower motor problem, and mm-hmm. and in in her car and and it was intermittent. And of course, I said to her, "You got two choices. I can start replacing parts, and it's going to be kind of expensive, even though you have my last name. But the bottom line <laughs> is, is if you just help me, this is what yeah. she did. Honest to God, she says, when I slam the hood hard, it always works." The blower motor. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> or the relay. And so I said, boom, bingo. Yeah. Now, you and I would be smart enough to take, you know those U-Haul, um, uh, have you ever seen, it's a U-Haul light bulb and it has a big long uh, pair of leads on it? Oh, you take the old light bulb out and it makes right. the trailer lights. Yeah, Right. Well, we use those and we hook them to different circuits on the car and we put them inside the car for the customer. But you're talking about a hundred bucks here. But you're going to give them this light and say that light has to come on because it's a crank but no start. Yep. So that's on the fuel pump circuit. <laughs> so, yeah. Turn the key on. That light better come on. <laughs> and and if it doesn't, then I want you to turn the key on and off real fast. And I give them this little thing so you can. We use those all the time. In her case, I'd be wanting to go to the battery and look at the battery. I'd rather We'd go want to start direct, there. Yeah. yeah we're to start right at the battery. But anyway, what part of town do you live in?
5: I live in Mesa.
3: Okay. Um, You can try Thompson's Auto Repair on Apache Boulevard uh, east of Stapley.
5: Thompson. Okay, I'm Thompson's Valley. But, you know, now that you're mentioning that, it seems like the problem started after I had a new battery and alternator replaced in my car.
3: Okay. Everyone will know whose fault it is once we fix it. Once we got to fix we got to fix it first but it would right. it would be if you still have a relationship with the shop it would be uh-huh. a very good idea to go in not on a monday morning for friday afternoon for obvious reasons but to right. go back in and say i've had this intermittent nothing happens problem since you put the battery in would you please uh, I talked to one of my uncles in Pennsylvania <laughs> who worked on cars all of his life, and he said that maybe we should start at the battery terminals and the battery connections.
4: Yeah. Please check this to make sure it's okay. Yes. No, I'm not accusing anybody. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> but let's start with simple, and I always like to start with potentially free somewhere else, yeah. like the guy that worked on your car.
3: And, and not only that, let me it, just ballpark. I'm going to go first. I think if I can duplicate this, to find it is going to be, um, and I'm going to, I'm in in the vernacular of an hour or a half an hour to an hour, or I'm going to put it to a dollar value. This I'm going to be able. If I can find it, the fix is typically going to be a very a small den- denomination of the find <laughs> number. So to find it and fix it, the find's going to cost money, but the fix is probably going to be a connection or something that we can fix for free or almost free. Yeah. Sometimes.
4: With erratic problems, the finding is usually more than the fixing. Th- thank you for because that. Because I, I refer to diagnosis as the most difficult and costly thing a technician does.
3: Yeah, no. So it the, all's not lost you you just you, and and here's the thing, Carol, you need to be involved in this. So mm-hmm. if you'll start with that FAQ28 on my website, it it talks to this exact same problem. Um, Billy and I know that if the headlights come on and they go completely out and they come back on slowly, Billy and I know what that is. If they come back real fast, Billy and I know what that is. If the headlights go out completely and then slowly come back on, really yellow, yellow, yellow to white to white, Billy and I know what that is. If you hit the key and the headlights go completely out and you let go of the key and the headlights come back on immediately, Billy and I know where to go. So Uh do a whole bunch of other guys in the world. But that's what has to happen. So, just okay. stick right there, um, Jay and Gary. I'm sorry I can't get you because I'm 12 seconds away from the top bottom of the hour. But I will in about three or four minutes. The rest of you, six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. But Jay, your first. Larry or Gary, your second, and we'll be right
1: back. Hi, it's
8: Jim Ryan, General Manager of 960 The Patriot. I have breaking news, incredible news. We are in the final days of our June campaign to help victims of sex trafficking, and I just learned of a donor who will match every gift up to $20,000. Patriot listeners, this is life-changing for so many victims of horrible crimes. I implore you to take advantage of this and please make a donation. Your $50 donation becomes 100 Your $500 donation becomes 1000 which covers the food cost of 260 girls and young women instead of 130. Do I need to remind you the average lifespan of a trafficked victim is just seven years? The Phoenix Dream Center and Streetlight USA are changing that. They are healing and giving life to these broken young men and women. Now your donation is doubled thanks to this donor. Be a part of the solution and go to 960thepatriot.com and click on the Stop Traffic banner. That's 960thepatriot.com.
0: They knock us down. We get stronger. They try to silence us, but our voice just got louder. The new wave is coming.
8: We've succeeded, people just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative, it challenges their assumption, so they got to try to find a boogeyman. Brace socialism, they think it's great. If you want to go outside and
5: celebrate Joe Biden, if you want to kick around a pillowed effigy of Donald J. Trump, that's perfectly safe. The tech overlords censoring our speech, right? I call this diet fascism. They say, you can't see this, you can't see this, we're doing it to protect you, it's for for your safety.
8: Speaker Pelosi was holding the American people hostage for political gain. This was never a about what was best for the American people, never about honest policy disagreement. It was about preventing President Trump from getting any credit. It was about politics.
0: Candace, DeSantis, Crenshaw. Really, the conservative voice has never been stronger. 960 The Patriot,
9: a voice that speaks for you. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there. What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that, overall, you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix.
2: Welcome monster
0: with We'll
3: we come back everybody 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock and we, just like we promised we're going straight to Jay and straight to, to Gary Jay you're first how can we help you
2: good morning guys here's a boring old question about a non sensor it's the rear hubs on a 09 Ford Taurus okay the OEM uh, spindle nut has kind of a cage around it. And those are not available anywhere. The replacement nuts come in a package that uh, says that the threads deform when you put them on. I've not been able to find any specific recommendation to put on new nuts every time you replace the hub. Um, Is there a rule of thumb that you have?
3: I'm thinking he's talking about the uh, the the, the back side of the nut is distorted slightly so it acts like a lock washer and so you're actually putting threads in the back side of it when you thread it onto the spindle nut kind of all the way are you That it, that's what you, I'm
4: picturing. And you you it, refer to this replacement nut package, the service kit as if you have one or have found a listing for one?
2: Yeah, I found a uh, I've seen it in the store the, the you can actually see the threads are distorted on the back end.
4: But Yes, but the, uh, I think you really described describe that very well. But what I mean is, if it's available, and you're talking about uh, the cost of a hub bearing and the cost of your liabilities of the car driving down the road and a wheel falling off, I'm saying, yeah, put a nut on it. Um, I mean, how no, how yeah, many no, times no are you
3: th- dealing with this?
2: Well, it, it, it hasn't been done, so I'm just uh, looking at the oh. viability of, of uh, um, trying to still f- locate the old nuts. The original, the OEM nuts are solid. They're uh, not only thicker, but they have real threads on them. There's nothing that's distorted, and uh, there's a there's a cage. It doesn't make any contact with the threads on the spindle. It's just a cage around the nut. I'm not sure what function it performs, and... There's no, uh, and it's not the cost of the nuts. It's just putting what's, you know, best for the spindle back on. Okay, wait a minute. The cage, is this got a, a, a
4: cotter pin in,
2: in? No cotter pin, no. No, it's it's just talked to 200 foot pounds. Um well, the cage but, is uh, not,
4: but the cage slides over the nut. And very yeah. often when there is a cage without a cotter pin to go through it, there is a locating key there's a slot in the spindle and that's designed to keep the nut from loosening up in in, however you do this we want to keep the nut from loosening up if the replacement parts are a crush type uh, distorted nut i'm going to say it's a replacement part for a reason because they've decided that that could be as good or better
3: and and i wouldn't be if you if you're going to buy from a reputable parts store and it comes in a package and it's got a name on it and stuff like that i i don't know this you're I mean, we got eighty plus years between the two of us, and we're just kind of this isn't a, I this hasn't been on my radar screen in fifty years. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I I understand that you're concerned about losing a wheel and stuff like that. We still, I mean, we're gonna take the nut, and we're we've got to seat the nut and squeeze all the grease out of the bearings and stuff. I mean, we got to start right. there, and then we got to back it off and put it in, and and, and it's kind of yeah, a feel seated, kind get of the thing. Right, get the reload. Yeah, and so so it's it's just not that big of a deal if the nut goes on good and tight, I'm not real worried about it coming off. I let me ask you this. When was the last time you car cut cut towed in with the spindle nut in the cap? Yeah, never.
2: It's never. been
4: decades. Decades, me too. Yeah, it's it's. I mean And it's because somebody left something out on the reassembly. Yes. If if there's a cage The cage is there to keep the nut from loosening up. So if you put it back together correctly, old parts or new, you ought to be okay. Um, Some cars, and I don't know that that application is one of them, some cars. Ask for new nuts every time. I don't think that one. I think the ones with the cage do not ask for new nuts. I agree with you. I, I,
3: but, but uh, you know, at the risk of just talking through both sides of my mouth, I'm sure you can find somebody that's going to take that nut off or put it back on, and at least it will give you his opinion on what he thinks is the appropriate thing. Um, I don't, Billy, you, you've been an uh, NASC certified? for years yeah most of my life okay and master at yes. the master level and so have i and so and we've passed all eight automotive tests and so all of them and one of them covers what we're talking about now i i just don't i don't want you to to lose a lot of sleep over this at, the, at the, this the second thing is is go buy a, a pair of nuts uh from 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 one of the auto parts stores and and you could even go into two of them and say let me show me the replacement nuts for my taurus and you could do that as well. I wonder why they wouldn't have a nut with a nylon lock on the back of it.
4: It's the easier way around. Yeah, I mean, know?
3: if you found a nut that had a nylon ring on the back side of it that cuts new threads in the nylon ring, that'd be the dog I'd look for if you were it's, worried it's about easy. it. It's easy. Very yeah. good. Thank All you. righty. Thank you very much, Jay. Thank you, Larry. Uh, you're up next. How can I help you? Or Gary? 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 Uh,
10: hi, Mark. Good morning. Uh, i had a question i had a comment too you guys were talking about uh hidden gas uh uh gas caps and yeah. I, I just have to tell you my favorite was the was the cadillac i had a 55 cadillac way way back when and and i loved where it was you push the button to lift up the tail light yes uh and uh, anyway that that's just a, a side note but i was just thinking about that and When you guys were talking about that, I thought, oh, that's my favorite one. But anyway, I was thinking of Cadillac 2
4: when we were taking Mac. Yes, yes.
10: uh, Oh, anyway, my question actually is uh, if you're storing a vehicle, uh, you're not going to be driving it for a while. Uh, Is there anything in particular that uh, I should do uh, to that uh, if I'm storing it? Do I need to, if I'm not going to be starting it up or driving it for, at least six months or a year, um, do, is there anything that I, I should think about doing?
3: Okay, and the answer is yes, but we got to take a break so you stay right here. Don't go anywhere okay and um, we're, and we're gonna be right back. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and um, Gary, you're first and then Matt second, and we'll be right
1: back. ASML seeks a sales engineer in Chandler, Arizona. To work with the fab team engineers and system owners to provide escalation support including action plans, best known methods and competency knowledge. Send resume to ASML, attention 26713R, 2650 West Geronimo Place, Chandler, Arizona 85224.
8: What is really going on in the real estate market? This is a question we get almost every day. This is Phil and Josh, hosts of Arizona Real Estate Matters, which airs every Sunday from 2 to 3, right here on 960 The Patriot.
0: This isn't some one-hour real estate infomercial. Arizona Real Estate Matters covers what is happening today in our real estate market. We discuss the current and ever-changing real estate facts and statistics that affect the
8: largest purchase that you'll probably ever make. So for the most up-to-date real estate information affecting the real estate market today, tune in to Arizona Real Estate Matters every Sunday from 2 to 3, right here on 960 The Patriot.
10: I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a I sunny grow up,
4: porch. I want to be a skyscraper.
1: I, I want to be a I, wanna be a... Oh, the... I want I to a... be, a... be, a... be, ا... be I want to be I want to be When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be.
0: Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at iwanttoberecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and
2: the Ad Council.
3: Well, welcome back, everybody. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. And let me talk real quick about a, a, a shop that's a good guy. he's largest and most trusted source for complete automotive services. Is Automotive Dynamics been around since nineteen eighty two. They have high quality, and they could provide good service, and they have a staff that's been there for a very long time. They've been family-owned and operated since 1982, and I've known Chuck, the owner, since the 60s, and I know his son, Derek. And the two generations complement one another as my generation is the same as my kids are better than I am and Derek's better than Chuck is. So if you're looking for a good auto repair shop, Automotive Dynamics in Sun City is my, is the place I would send you. Let's go back and finish talking with Gary. Gary... Um, we were laughing uh, about the gas cap and and being embarrassed as young gasoline jockeys when we were kids <laughs> um, when the old senior guys would tell us to go out and, and service somebody who had a car that had a hidden gas cap like the, the Corvairs and the VWs that had it underneath the hood and stuff yeah. like that. So anyway, you had something else, Gary?
10: Oh, uh, just as far as if you're storing a, uh, a car, uh, is there anything that you really need to do uh, uh, to it, uh, so uh, you know if, if you're not going to be driving it for uh, quite a while.
4: Yeah, I think um, I think what. Go ahead. You, you, uh, you know, a number of first. things come come to mind. Um, uh, one is the gas cap. We we find here in Arizona, hydrocarbons tend to evaporate, and it leaves sludge. So we'd like to protect the fuel over that length of time. If you can keep the atmosphere. The oxygen away from it, a good sealing gas cap, is an important thing. In case it's an old car from the 60s, look at the seal. If it's all full of cracks, replace it. Um, Fuel stabilizer. If I have any of my cars that are going to be sitting for a long time, um, I don't want the fuel to turn into varnish. I use a fuel stabilizer, drive it around a bit, and cross my fingers. The other thing is the battery may try to go dead over time. Whether it's a computer-controlled car or not, it'll eventually go dead, so I like to use a battery tender. I don't leave it on there forever for six months or a year for fear it's going to cook the battery. Um, but y- y- it, a lot depends on where you're storing it and for how long. Is it in the shade? Is it somewhere where you have electricity? Or is it in a storage building where you don't have electricity?
10: Okay, and then it's, I'm going to... It's actually in the... Gr-
4: uh,
10: I'm sorry. Yeah, it is in the garage. And um, I uh, I guess my question, too, on the, on the battery is if... Uh, If you don't care whether or not it goes dead, um, is it harmful for it to do that? Uh, Does a battery tender serve another function other than just keeping it charged?
4: Well, a lot depends on how old the car is, so we could talk about that in a second. But the average automotive battery is not what they call a deep cycle battery, like for a trolling motor on a boat it's designed to be run down to next to nothing and recharged. Um, I don't like the idea of deep cycling a battery that is not a deep cycle battery, so I don't want to let it get low.
3: And and there's a couple of other things that uh, I think um, I want to chime in on. The the worst thing you can do if you're going to store a car is have your neighbor go over there and start it up, kick it up on fast idle Mm -hmm. for about 10 minutes and shut it off. That's the worst thing you can do. As far as a battery tender is concerned, I have lots of experience in that and I can tell you that you can buy a battery tender that plugs into the wall for $10 and you can also buy a battery tender that plugs into the wall for $200. And there is a difference in sophistication level. <laughs> I have a battery tender on a big generator at at, uh, at our place up in the in the uh hill country or in the mountains. And what it does is is I can watch it with a voltmeter. And it will, it will take it when it's in the 12-volt range, and it will start spiking it. And it's got this computer chip in it that spikes it at 15.6 and then comes down to 131, And it's playing with the voltage. And at the end of maybe four hours, then the green light comes on, and I know that we're full. And I would leave my generator connected. Now, once every four months, I just run the battery dead. I just run it and crank it and leave the lights on in the generator until it's dead, and then I bring it back alive with the tender. Some guys say that that's a bad idea, but it works for me. So in your case, I would store... The last thing i do is have anybody start it full of air, full of fuel, fresh oil, with the negative cable off. That's how I store all my vintage vehicles. And, and then when I'm going to use them, I'm going to put the negative cable back on, check the air pressure, check the oil, and it's already full of gas and it's got some stable in it. And I'm going to go drive in and I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put 100 miles, I'm going to do two or three heat cycles where I take it from cold to hot, fully operational, and back to cold. So I'm going to be doing that because that's what it likes the best. The worst-case scenario is have the guy next door come over and start it up for 10 minutes every other Monday. That's going to really uh, not pay any dividends at all.
10: Bill? How often would you use it or don't?
3: How often I drive it? Uh, You can drive it however much you want. You just can't drive it around the block. So if you if you said to the guy, once a month he says, I go f- to see my mother, and I'm in Tempe, and my mother lives at Deer Valley, and i 17, then you say, okay, well, if you want to take my car, take my car, yeah and take it up to Deer Valley at 17, and bring it back, and that's good. We, we're we going to do two heat cycles there.
4: But if you're going to assign your neighbor to to keep an eye on this for you, and he goes over and says he drives it around, or says he lets it run for a half hour, and he's really kind of short that day, and, and it ran for 45 seconds he's not doing you any favor yeah, you know? yeah
3: that's 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 not what you want if you're going to take the horse out of the stall go exercise the horse <laughs> bring him up to run and a full gallop and then bring him back down to an idle cool and, and, and cool it down and, and park it but the, there's a lot of different ideas but i, I have uh, expertise in oil and coolant and and Bill and I both have expertise with respect to fuel injection and stuff like that. It's just a bad idea to to run that through a bunch of of cold cycles because we're going to be putting a whole lot of extra gasoline in that motor, and it's going to end up in the in the oil, in the oil. And, and 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 that's just not where you want it. So, um, that's kind of what we would say. But anyway, thank you very much, Gary. Good luck to you, Matt. You're up. How can we help you?
6: Hey guys, um, let me get you yeah, speak. Yeah, hey, so I've. You. I'm having a uh, high fan relay problem in my AC fan. Um, okay. It's melting the it's melting the terminal on it. And so my question was whether or not over time do fan, AC fans, do they build up resistance? And should I be checking the amperage draw on that fan?
3: Okay, Billy. Billy,
6: don't say nothing. <laughs> Billy.
3: All right. We got a melted terminal on the high-blow motor of relay. Right. Okay. Now, um... <laughs> There's only going to be two reasons that that's burnt. You pick one, I'll get the other.
4: I'm going to say excessive voltage draw in the blower motor like the caller was leading towards. And more than likely, it's a high blower
3: motor. It's a high blower motor relay, so it's running on high. It's where it just takes battery voltage or the connection or the plug is bad.
4: Resistance. That's
3: it. So it's only one of those two things. That's all there is to it. You're either going to place the remote blower, and yes, the amp draw is fine. Hopefully, you have an inductive amp probe where you can wrap it around the wire and read the amp draw. But you can disconnect the wire. But see, I, my fear is you disconnect the wire, then you, you, change, change the you
0: change the resistance. Change the resistance,
3: and so the heat at the terminal tells us clearly that the blower motor's overamped or it's got a bad connection right there at that terminal and if the cheaper way to do it is just go get another relay is it a plug is it a plastic plug that plugs into the relay
6: Yeah so yes in terms of that right so even so the relay is melted by you know some degrees you can actually see the burn on the pin okay. and the plug that it connects to under the dashboard is also somewhat damaged Okay by yeah. the you know by the heat so if that if that's is that likely to just continue to then cause a resistance issue over
4: I would say that would time? be a suspect it's, resistance problem. Your first hope is to ask someone if they make a replacement pigtail where you can replace that, splicing it in properly to the rest of the harness, and, and remove all the damaged components from your car. After you've fixed the excessive voltage draw problem, because there's no sense in putting new parts on and ruining them, and there's
3: us older guys have done this before. I remember um, there was a time when a technician, uh, he was a real good friend of mine, too. He just took a 3-8 drill and went right through that loop and brought that wire out and put a pigtail on it. And then he just shoved just the bypassing. relay back in.
4: Oh, yeah. We've had cars <laughs> where parts are not available, and making a new wire is... It's- Piece of cake. Is, is easier way around it's,
3: it's not a piece of cake. I'm sorry I said that. It's, it's a little bit more difficult than a piece of cake. But, yes, we've all done that before. If anything, The principle is a piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> the, the,
4: the, the making the cake takes time. <laughs> <laughs> and and,
3: the, and the, at the end of the day, um, this circuit board that you're plugging this relay in, sometimes we just got to bring all those wires out and put new female blade connectors on them and hook it to the relay. And under the best of conditions, we'll somehow give you a drawing and we'll use different colored wires so that you know the green one goes to terminal A and the black one goes to terminal B because there's no longer this symmetrical kind of connection. But, but, but Bill's right, too. There could easily be a remote that we plug in to a, an existing socket and bring it out and remote it. But... This is not anything that neither one of these two gray-haired guys haven't done before. So this is not. On <laughs> All a right, we well, appreciate
6: th- your time, gentlemen. Okay,
3: you bet. Thank you, on a one Glad to ten help. scale, this is what. On a one uh, to ten scale know, it, in it's your world, a
4: five because it's, it's hurt stuff, and we got to fix hurt stuff. But it's certainly not a ten. Difficulty. That's what know. I'm talking about. I'm, I, I should have said. Not like that. putting gas in the car, which is a, which is a want, <laughs> one. One. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Or trying to convince your
3: father-in-law that he, the idea of starting his tractor every morning for three or four minutes and shutting it off is a bad idea. Very good. It, it, yeah. you just. It's just not worth the battle. <laughs> All righty. Choose f- your battle. Yeah. 508 0960, the lines are open, and I've got six minutes left. So if you were to hurry up, you could get right in, and we could uh, get you down. And, Gil, you're going to have to give me the first hour. I'm going to get the second hour because I finally got my readings right. Oh, you got I was, it, Mark. Ha- I had a tough time getting in and out, left and right. But I finally have nothing but blue lines on my screen and no big, huge red <laughs> on the, on the uh, software. Don't so, jinx it. I'm not touching <laughs> nothing, buddy. I'm not touching nothing. So 602 508 Bill's going to be here with me for another hour. We're going to be here till 12 noon. So if you have a car question, and we're really, really good at solving arguments. Oh, we oh, can like solve them. arguments all day long. Just don't be too prim and proper about, would you tell my wife she's <laughs> not, blah, 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 because sometimes... The gentleman or the spouse, the, I, I'll say spouse, the spouse is wrong. And, and so that's the ones that Bill handles. Um, when it's time to be a hero, <laughs> then I'll handle ben the ben rest ben. of them. <laughs> 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 and there's just lots of that kind of stuff, old wives' tales. Um, uh, I am an advocate of running tire pressures on my truck at maximum inflation on the tire. Right I understand that 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 the 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 sticker says this is what the tire should have to carry the maximum load, mm-hmm. but I like the idea of riding a bicycle with fully inflated tires, oh yeah, I just like that,
4: and it's it's the same benefit on a bicycle rolling resistance as Uh it is in your car and you'd like to get you'd like to lower the heat of the tire Mm -hmm. you'd like to get uh, a better gas mileage why would you drive want to underinflate the tire like the sticker tells
9: you to do
3: okay that's (laughs) you did a nice job you you clean that up nicely but but bill if you do that you're going to wear the center right out of those tires
4: Actually, no. (laughs) You're right. I agree with you. (laughs) The the sidewall of a radial tire is soft enough where the whole tire is going to touch the ground, and then you're likely to drive around a corner, which is going to flex the rest of the tire into a significant contact with the asphalt.
3: And if I'm driving down the road at 70 miles an hour and I hit a pothole, I'd much rather hit the pothole with a fully inflated tire than a tire that's inflated half inflated. Tire. That's gonna, the, the tire's going to hit the wheel. It's going to blow the tire out. And then my wife's going <laughs> to spill her beer. And we're gonna end off the side of the road. And I'm not going to change the tire because she shouldn't be drinking when she's driving. All that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? All that stuff. So, and, 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 and I, I, this is the analogy I use. When you, when you got your bicycle at the beginning of the summer, you got on your bicycle when you were a kid. And the tires were half flat. And you rode it to the closest Exxon or Shell Uh Station or And
4: you drove across the hoses and it went ding ding. (laughs) Yes, yes,
3: yes. (laughs) But it took tremendous effort to get there. But then when you got there you aired those son of guns up and boy that bike just went it was like a Corvette at that point. And they steer easier. Oh yeah. (laughs) And and it was just so much easier to ride it. Well that's exactly the way the car is.
4: Yep. It, don't overwork your car.
3: Yeah, and so cars, your fuel economy is going to like it better. There, it, if there's a a change in the ride, it might to be a little harsher, but I don't really care. I drive a one ton Dodge, and it really <laughs> and, and I didn't buy it to, to to drink put. I didn't buy it to put a hot cup of coffee between my legs. And and wait until it spills, and assume it's gonna, it, yeah. it's not going to spill. <laughs> so the bottom line is 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 I just run them on virtually everything.
4: You get used to driving with the proper inflation in your tires. eventually. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I, yeah. As as we get older, we get wiser, you know.
4: And, and, and we tell
3: ourselves that. Oh, well, our wives tell well, us. And it gives us radio shows. Yeah, and <laughs> and and, and our, my wife says it doesn't work for me. He says <laughs> she says you're just way past help here, way past help. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. We have another hour to go. You might have to wait through the break, and if that's the case, you're gonna be on hold for about three, four, five minutes at the most, and we'll pick you up right first, second, and third as we get done. We have five lines. Gil's the one that's on the board. And so he actually is the fly in the plane. Bill and I are in the first class section. He's got his shorts on, he's got white socks, black tennis shoes. I my feet are up on the table. Uh, and we're really just doing nothing but having fun. This reminds me of two little boys inside of a closet talking dirty. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, and this is the picture we want to give you with respect to what it what what it looks like to be us. But anyway, six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. And my name is Mark Salem. This is Bill from Twenty Fifth Street Auto, Twenty Fifth Street Indian School. Been my friend for years and years. Does a good job, and he knows right from wrong. That's the reason why anybody in that area, I typically send to Bill at 25th Street Auto.